How you guys doing? Let's give God praise. We're able to be in his house today, all right? So, so glad you're here. And if you're brand new here, the building didn't fall in. You didn't even need a hard hat, right? That's cool. So I'm just so glad you're here. Everybody else is here. Glad for those that's watching online. Hey, the last several weeks we've been doing a series called Lord Help. Everybody say, Lord Help. The Power of Prayer. It's been been an amazing series, and today we come to the crescendo of that and the pinnacle. And with that being said, uh, before I jump in, once again, I want to reiterate Father's Day next week. I'll talk a little bit more about that toward our end of our time together. But first thing I want to do is I want to thank all the volunteers, the servant leaders of Freedom Church. Would you give all of them a hand? We're very thankful for you. Yesterday, one example on our outreach team in Servant, we went, we have a particular stretch of road there on Belvedere that Freedom Church keeps clean. The sign there says, we keep it clean. I was glad to do that. 16 of us went out there yesterday, and privileged and honored to be a part of that. Shannon and I were able to go out there. And not only that, just in the community and in our church, and I want to say thank you personally from the bottom of my heart for those of you that serve in and through our church and community. And let me say this to you, don't be a misfit. Look at the person next to you and say, don't be a misfit. And if you're brand new here, you're thinking, let's go, honey. He's calling us names. No, don't miss. Don't miss where you fit at. Because God's got a place for you in the kingdom. See, a non-serving Christian is a contradiction of Scripture. So find where it is. I want to encourage you, come and see us at Next Steps after the service. We'll find a place for you to serve because every one of you are gifted to be able to serve God and for His glory. So I want to share that with you. Thank you again for the, to the volunteers. Now, this, since it's the last week of the prayer series, I want to share with you really quickly, uh, a couple of different weeks we talked about the 752. 752, you say, what is that? 752, you pray seven days a week individually. Everything in your, in your life that's going on, uh, pray about those things before you start your day, especially uh, if you have a family, pray with them five days a week. Five days a week at least. And I'm not talking about just a mealtime prayer. I'm talking about a time of prayer and devotion with your family. But if you're married, pray at least two days a week with your spouse. And as I've said before, just hold their hand until you get used to praying with each other. Just be silent and say amen, whatever it is. But 752, it's so important. And you can pick this up at the info desk as you leave. It will tell you more details about that. This is the last week of this that we'll be sharing this. We also have you a simple keychain. It's really cool. It says 752. Also, a little sticker here. I put it on the back of my cell phone. Uh, if you know someone who hasn't been able to be here, they've been sick or they've been out of town, working, vacation, whatever, pick those up for them too while they last. We'd love to be able to do that. Pick that up today at the info desk. So, with that being said, the first week we talked about the prayer connection. When you become a Christ follower, you have access to God in your prayer life. The next week we talked about how to keep going with the prayer connection, how to have that, uh, that, that ongoing time with God. The next week, Pastor Adam talked about how to listen to God. Last week, I talked about how to pray the prayer of blessing. Today, I want to wrap it up talking about praying for other people, praying for other people. Now, let me ask you a question. How many of you here like it or even love it when you know and you ask someone to pray for you and you know they're praying for you? Would you raise your hand? Doesn't it feel good if somebody's praying for you? It really does. You love that someone will pray for you, and, uh, and that means a lot. It reminds me of a, a particular church in the Midwest to where this family was going to, and their boy was little, and they went into the service together, and the boy started acting up. And I mean, to the point that they didn't know what they were going to do. They were losing the battle with their little one. And how many of you know what that's like when everybody's looking at you with your child, right? 
So anyway, the dad resorts to grabbing his son, begins to walk out the aisle, and before, and it's all quiet in there, before he could vacate and get into the lobby, the little boy hollers out, pray for me, pray for me. I'm sure he did. I don't know what dad did, but anyway, we love it when people pray for us. So how about you and I praying for other people? And I asked you this question, how much praying are you doing for others? Think about that. When you make your prayer connection and you keep that prayer connection, what you're doing, you're opening up the full access to God's throne and His power. That's what makes the difference. And, and when we team up together as a church family and we get on the same page as prayer and our existence as a church is to reach people to know God, listen, let me tell you what, that moves the heart of God. That's what makes the difference. I love what Paul told Timothy in his second letter to him in chapter 1. He says, night and day I constantly remember you in my prayers. Isn't that amazing? I remember you night and day. See, Timothy was Paul's friend. He was a fellow traveler in the kingdom work, and he was like a son in the faith. And, and Timothy was a strong leader in the Christian church. And although at, there were times that they were separated from each other, their prayers was a source of encouragement for each other. We too should constantly pray for other people. And you say, well, what do you mean pray for other people? We need to be praying for other people that need Jesus in their life. How many of you will lift your hand and say, I know somebody needs Jesus in their life? Raise your hand. Yeah, we all know somebody needs Jesus in their life. It's very important that we pray for our, our family. We pray for our church family. We pray for our friends and our neighbors. I covet and ask that, your, ask that you pray for me as your pastor that I can bring spiritual nourishment to you, that I can bring you a meal once a week, and I pray that you're encouraged and you receive that meal to where that you're going to feed yourself the other six days of the week. It's very important. And I want you to know when it comes to praying, I brought this with me, man. I take very seriously about praying for people. It's my prayer journal. I hope that you have one right here in my prayer journal. What is so cool about it and how much that I love my prayer journal is that I write down people's, when they ask me to pray, I write your name down and I pray for you till I hear from God. And when I hear from God, I put it over here in the praise column. You notice that, look here, notice that the prayer column, the praise column is a little bit different because there's so much to pray for. But when I'm moving from here to here, I see the power of God moving, and I get to witness it physically that God is doing something. I hope and pray that that's what you're doing. It's so important that we access the throne of God for the power of prayer. Look at the person next to you and say, the power of prayer. It's amazing what God wants to do. And you know what's amazing to it? When you pray, you freak the devil out. He can't stand it. You scare him to death when you do that. And you're accessing the power of God. He's trembling because you have the privilege and I have the privilege of partnering with God to impact the world. One of the greatest things that I believe that my wife and I ever did was teaching our kids to pray. We spent a lot of time with them. You know, and we would teach them to pray. And our biggest prayer was when we, before, we would pray with them before we sent them off to these war zones we call schools. It was amazing to see them begin to take on the posture of prayer in their own life. And I'm going to tell you something right now. You can teach your kids how to have possessions. You can teach your kids about having different things in life. You can give them a good education and help them get a good education. 
You can help them in a lot of different ways. You can take them to sporting events and do all those kind of things, and there's nothing wrong with any of that. But let me tell you something. If you're not teaching your kids to lean on Jesus and the power of prayer, you are failing them as a parent. Because there's going to come a day when your kids are going to vacate your home. And by the natural progression of life, there will come a day when they can't call mom and dad and say, what would you do, dad? What would you do, mom? And that's when you want them to lean on the heavenly father. That's what makes the difference. You want them to lean on God, their creator. How many of you can raise your hand and say that either because of the time that we have spent in this series or in your relationship with God, you feel like your prayers went to the next level. Would you raise your hand and say, I feel like my prayer life has went to the next level. If you have not been able to raise your hand in this moment, of the, I pray that that's what's going to happen in your home and in your family. Prayer is so vital. There were some stats done by the presidential prayer team back in 2020, and it indicated through their survey that 45% of Americans say that they pray every day. It's down so much decade after decade after decade. It also said that when it comes to prayer, 65% of them surveyed said that they prayed once a week. When they were asked why they pray, 64% of them said it was a meaningful way to communicate with God. And also 57% of them believe that prayer is central to their relationship with God. So when you have that prayer connection and you think about the people around you that don't and what you can do to access the throne of God and pray for other people, there's three particular things I want to share with you today. It's so important. When I'm praying for somebody, that means I'm going to pray for their safety. It's very, very important you pray for the people around you and their safety. Now, when it comes to my parents growing up, I really don't think my parents ever prayed for my safety, just being honest with you. You say, well, why is that? Because I like to kill myself so many times. <laughs> I remember one time I was just a little boy and my dad was going to go rabbit hunting. And, I, and of course, they, I was little and I was called Terrible Terrell, so they weren't going to put a gun in my hands, especially when I was little. So I was in the kitchen with my mom. And how many of you remember the Sanka coffee that came in the glass jars and the orange top? It said Sanka on it. Remember that? Well, I got a knife here, and I took the knife, and I'm sitting in the kitchen in front of my mother, and I'm sitting here stabbing the top of that jar because I thought they won't give me a gun, so I'm going to go stab a rabbit with a knife. So I'm sitting here stabbing it. Next thing you know, choo, choo, choo. I kept hitting it, and it slid off, and it stabbed in my hand, and I said, Mama! And the knife's sticking out of my hand, and blood's flowing down, and, and I got the scar there to prove it. I mean, I got, I got bit by multiple dogs. I don't know why. I don't know if I smelled like ham or I smelled like bacon, but they continued to bite me. I remember one time that we got a Cheerios flyer that came in the Cheerios out of the there, and I ran through a storm door. It was glass. They don't make them like that anymore. It was the real deal. Glass come out, landed in my side here. It's sticking out, and I'm like to die. I mean, just crazy stuff was happening to me. One time I drove a lawnmower off in a mechanic's pit in my father's shop straight down. Knocked a big hole in my head. You know what my mother did? She poured sugar on it. Truth. She poured sugar. I don't know if it's because I was such a sour kid, but she poured sugar on it. I don't know what the, the medical benefit is of pouring sugar on my head, but I could go on and on and on. My brother ran through a fire one time and threw plastic, hot plastic all over my body. I don't know what my parents prayed for me. The only thing, and when I, I'm not trying to shed a bad light on my parents. But I do believe I figured out that what they did pray for. They prayed that I wouldn't die. So I'm still here today. It's all I know, you know. I look at a story in Acts 12 of a praying church, of how the church was praying for Peter. I don't know what you know about Peter, but being 
the one out front <laughs> in here in, in the book of Acts being a great powerhouse of the miracles of God and how the church had grew. But Peter was arrested by Herod. <laughs> he wanted to please the people, and he was about to be executed. And it says in Acts 12 and 5 that, but while Peter was in prison, the church prayed very earnestly for him. It goes on to tell us in that story from, from in chapter 12 and verse 6 on to 17 that he was in prison. An angel came to him, told him to get up and come with him. The chains fell off of him. He passes one guard post. He passes another guard post. And next thing you know, Peter realizes he is outside of the jail. He's out in the street. He thought it was just a vision, but it was reality, and the angel disappeared. So he goes to where the house where they were praying for him, and he comes to the door, and a girl named Rhoda runs to the gate and sees Peter. Instead of opening the gate, she runs back in and says, Peter's at the gate and they said you out of your girl you're out of your mind girl basically that's my paraphrase but it was peter at the gate and they let him in and he told of the power of god that was taking place in his life see prayer changes things when the church prays do not doubt god people of faith who believe in god will be able to see prayers answered unlike you can ever imagine if you're seeking god's will you pray for people's good health you say really yeah, I pray for people's good health. I continually pray for people for good health and longevity of life. You know why? Because I want you and me and everybody I know to be able to serve God's purposes on this earth until we go to heaven. God wants to use you and I. I want to pray for safe travel. I don't know about you, but it's so important that we pray for safe travel. You say, why? Last week, I don't know if you heard about it in Nashville, there was, a, there was a, like a road rage thing and a car got shot up and it killed a four-year-old little girl. Horrible horrible you don't know what's going to happen we pray one for another for safe travel but basically we pray for each other for overall protection especially our kids it's so so important shannon and i continually pray for you all because i love you and i thank god for you and your beautiful faces i get to see and a life we get to do together and it's just amazing but you pray for other people for their safety but let me tell you let's take it to the next step we pray for people's significance you say, what do you mean? I want you to be able to reach your God potential. And there's people in your life that you want to be able to reach their God potential in their life, to be like Christ and to have godly influence everywhere we go, to be able to live for the purpose of which God is letting us live and to be able to breathe. So let me ask you, what do you pray for those that you love, those people you love? What do you pray for them? Think about that. To make a great living or to, to have a godly significant impact in this world? Think about that. It's so important you think in that measure. You know, Paul, when he wrote to church at Ephesus, I love his heart behind the words I'm about to read. And, and I pray that that would be my heart and your heart behind the words I'm about to read. In Ephesians 1, it says, I have not stopped thanking God for you. I pray for you constantly. Asking God, the glorious Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, to give you spiritual wisdom and insight so that you might grow in your knowledge of God. I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light so that you can understand the confident hope He has given to those He called, His holy people who are His rich and glorious inheritance. I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power. Listen to that statement there, that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us and who believe in Him. 
This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. Do you realize the power of Christ was evident in their lives because they were dependent on the power of Christ? What do you mean the power of Christ? The power of Christ that raised Christ from the death back to life is available to every single one of us. It's the power of that. A man dies on a cross on a Roman cross, he goes in a tomb and the third day he's come back to life. The same power that raised Christ back to life, you and I get to access. You ought to say glory to God for that. We ought to be thankful for it. That's what we get to access in our lives. And I will tell you, there is nothing too difficult for God. Nothing is. Look at the person next to you and say, nothing. Nothing's too difficult for God. There are those that may be someone you've been praying for. And it just seems like they're just so far from God. It just seems like, God, where are you? I've been praying for them. It doesn't seem like they're they're doing anything. They're not coming towards you. If anything, things are getting worse. Listen, when God is going to do something wonderful, God always begins with a difficulty. But when God is going to do something very wonderful, God begins with a impossibility. That's what it begins with. And God is going to do amazing, amazing things. So when you think about praying, what do I specifically pray for? You need to pray for people to be able to grow closer to God. See, the closer that that we are to God, the more power that's unleashed on those that you want to be close to God. I want to be close to God. You want to be close to God. We want everybody to be close to God. Do you listen? Let me ask you this question: Do you know about God, or do you really know God? Do you do like a typical American? Here it is, and when it comes to the American society of Christianity in the local church, they have no power. They have a head knowledge, and they don't have a heart relationship. Do you know of God or do you really know God? The difference is spending time with Him. And when you pray for those in your life to be able to grow closer to God, be sure they see by your actions how close you're trying to be to God. So many times, it's really, how many of you would agree with me? It's easy to be a Christian in here right now. Anybody have the urge to cuss anybody out right at the moment? I don't think so. But boy, when you get out there tomorrow, <laughs> And you go and say, how about that person? How many of you work with somebody you'd like to choke in the name of Jesus? Raise your hand. Right? Yeah, I know. You just want to choke them in the name of Jesus. (laughs) But you know what? My job is to pray for them. Not let their actions affect my actions, but my actions pray for them that God can affect their actions. That's what we want to do. That's what we want to do. We want to be praying people that our lives will be a a light to those people in the darkness of a world. And listen, listen, don't get to the point that you're so high and mighty and you're so spiritual that you look down on people, but you lift them up to a loving God who loves them. And you live a holy life. You love God. You love your family. You love your church family. And you do it with God's power, with your prayers and being faithful to God. And when you do, you look out for what God will do. Look at the person next to you and say, look out. You're going to see God do something extraordinary, extraordinary. So you just be praying specifically they grow closer to God. Be praying specifically that they're going to be used by God. Our friends, our family, people everywhere, they're uniquely gifted. Look at the person next to you and say, you're gifted. Yeah. And you probably look back and say, that ain't what you said before we got out of the car. You are. Everyone's gifted. And God wants to use your gifts in a mighty, mighty way. And let's pray that they'll not just spend time in this world, but people will invest in the world. And that's a choice. 
See, I not only want to do great things for God, but I want to see everyone do great things for God and to be able to make a difference in the world for God. I'll pray that you're going to make a difference. I want to pray for my family, my church family, my friends, my neighbors, my fellow believers, and just see them, everyone doing something great for God through the power of prayer. God can do that. On January 20th, 1953, Dwight Eisenhower, his wife, his family, and his cabinet members made their way to the National Presbyterian Church before he was inaugurated as the 34th President of the United States. And after the service, Ike went back to his hotel room to write a prayer that he would read during the inauguration ceremony. And this is what he wrote. Almighty God, Give us, we pray thee, power to discern right from wrong, and allow our words and actions to be governed thereby and by the laws of this land. Especially we pray that our concern shall be for all the people, regardless of station, race, or calling, so that all may work for the good of our beloved country and thy glory. Amen. See, we all have the opportunity to access God's throne. We all have that and to be used for His glory in a world that needs Him. How many of you will raise your hand and say, the world needs Jesus? Raise your hand. I think we all agree with that. So we, have, we, can, so we can all have this powerful influence on other people through our prayer connection with God. So we pray that people are going to grow close to God. We pray that people are going to be used by God. But also we want to pray specifically for people to be able to do God's will. It's so important God's will be done. It's one thing to know God's will. It's a whole other facet to be able to do God's will. And I believe there's a lot of people in the American church today, they know God's will, but they seldom do God's will. Never, we just never do our to pray selfish prayers for those that you love and do what, to be able to do what you want or, or what they selfishly want. But we want to pray specifically for ourselves and for other people that God's will be done in all of our lives. There's a Danish proverb that notes, and it says this, give to a pig when it grunts and a child when he cries, and you'll have a fine pig and a bad child. God is raising children, not pigs. See, God tells us that we must give to receive, we must die to live, and we're to serve to lead. That's what God wants us to do. And that's the very best that you and I can pray for other people. So praying for other people means I'm going to pray for their safety, I'm going to pray for their significance, but there's one more that's paramount. I'm going to pray for their salvation. I love what Paul, in his first letter, wrote to Timothy, his protege. In the second chapter, he says, I urge you, first of all, to pray for all people. Say all people. Ask God to help them. Intercedes what he's saying. Plead to God for them on their behalf. And give thanks for them. Pray this way for kings and all who are in authority so that we can live peaceful and quiet lives. Marked by godliness and dignity. Basically, what it's saying there is we're to pray for those who preside in authority over us. So many times, depending on your political spectrum as to whether you pray for somebody, it doesn't say that in the Scripture. It says pray for all those who are in authority over us. That's what we're to do. This is good and pleases 
God our Savior, who wants everyone, say everyone, everyone. Look what it says, to be saved and to understand the truth. For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son, that whosoever would believe in Him would not perish but have eternal life. John 3, 16, that's what it's saying there. For there is only one God and one mediator who can reconcile God and humanity, the man, Christ Jesus. He gave his life to purchase freedom for everyone. This is the message God gave to the world at just the right time. So although God is all-powerful and can do anything that he wants to, we're privileged to be able to be a helper to God. He's chosen you and I to let us help him and change the world through our prayers. And there is one bridge to God, and that's the man, Jesus Christ. So when I'm going to pray for someone's salvation, we're to pray for everyone I know and to be able to know Jesus as their Savior. Do all we can to invite people into a place to know Jesus. It's so, so important. It's all that matters. The last words that Jesus said before he left the earth is to go teach, baptize. The three participles of the great commandment and the great commission is what it's all about. Is to be able to reach people to know God. It says in Ephesians 3 and 8, though I am the least deserving of all God's people. What's Paul mean here? He says, without God's help, I will never be able to do his work. He said, he graciously gave me the privilege of telling the Gentiles about the endless treasures available to them in Christ. Do you know what he's saying here? It's not just a privilege, but it's also an opportunity to change the eternal direction of someone's life. Just imagine that God would use me and would use you to be able to change someone's eternal direction in life. That is incredible. And we got to remember that God put people in your life for you to be God's representative to them in their life. It's so important that we get that. And some of you are thinking, you know, Pastor... I'm just, maybe I'm shy or I'm not outgoing. I'm an introvert. That's all. That's fine and good. That's fine and good. But listen, most people, it's not the words you say. It's the life that you live. I love the, the 19th century, the late 19th century evangelist D.L. Moody. What did he say? He said, out of 100 men, one will read the Bible. The other 99 will read the Christian. So people are all the time, they're doing this. They're looking at you. What you say and what you do, as I said earlier, it's easy to be a Christian in here right now, but when you get out there, that's where you need to be a light in darkness, a hope to the hopeless that are out there. As the old saying goes, you can't go to church on Sunday and cuss on Monday because people are going to call you out for it. It's just the way it is. If you live in the potty mouth or you're the one that entertains and listens to the jokes and we look no different than the world. No wonder people don't look to you when they get in trouble to ask, would you, if you're a Christian, would you pray for me? Are you a person that's living the light of Christ as best as you know how and giving your best for God to where that when someone's in trouble, they come to you and say, you're a Christian, aren't you? Well, I had this happen to my mother. We had this happen to our child. I had this job loss. Whatever it is, people, a lot of times, they'll come to the one that's trying to live their best for the Lord. 
So who's going to tell your relatives? Who's going to tell your loved ones? Who's going to tell your friends and your co-workers about Christ if we don't? See, that's why God has placed you strategically right where you're at in this moment in life. James said this in his word in the New Testament. In chapter 5 and verse 16, he says, Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. See, praying for someone is meaningful but and praying for them, but also really what takes to the next step Praying with somebody is amazing because it moves the heart of Almighty God. So when you have the opportunity just even to lay a hand on someone's shoulder, I prayed with someone earlier that they asked me about something. I said, well, let's pray now. It moves the heart of God. It it, it adds power. It builds faith. It strengthens the relationship. So don't just pray for someone. Take it to the next level. Pray with someone. But you know what I believe the most dangerous prayer that we as Christians can ever pray. God, use me. God, use me. Would you close your eyes right where you're at? If you don't know Christ yet, you're going to have the opportunity. But if you're a Christian, would you just close your eyes right now and whisper a prayer to God? God, use me. And I'm telling you, I'm telling you, God will do amazing things when you tell him the creator of your life that's given your heartbeat and given you your breath, your very being, God use me. You can open your eyes. So specifically, what will I do? I, I pray for and I invest and I invite. And here's something I want to ask you to do. If you look in the back of your seat, if you're on the front row, ask someone behind you to hand you this. But I want you to get this card out. It's an impact card. It's a very simple card. And I want you to get it out. And I want you to get a pen right now. This is your homework. If you don't do it, you're dying and going to hell when you leave here. Just kidding. Just kidding. Don't wish that on anybody. I want to ask you this that we get burdened for our fellow man. We get burdened for people that don't know Christ so much that we begin to pray for them like never before. So I want to ask you to take a pen. How many of you would lift your hand right now and say, I know somebody that I love or I'm in relationship or I see them in life. They don't know Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Raise your hand. Say, I know that person. Raise your hand all over the altar. Somebody don't know Jesus. Put that person's name down right there number one. Put the next person that you know behind it. Put number three behind it. And here's what I want to ask you to do. Write their names down right now and carry this card with you. And I want to ask you to put it in an important place that you see every day. Is that the mirror on the edge of your car or in your dash? Is it on your refrigerator? Is it on your mirror? Hopefully you're brushing your teeth twice a day and you see it. You just pray for them right there, right then. It's not the position of your body that you got to be on your knees, which is a beautiful place of humility and surrender that you pray at but that you lift that person to prayer and you ask God to do what only God can do to soften their heart. It's so important. It's so important. The late Dr. Adrian Rogers, he, was, he said this when I heard him. I only preached, I heard him preach one time in person years ago. He asked this question. He said, which wing of a bird is more important? We all know it, it would take both, right? He went on to say this. He said, of talking about humanity. He said, 
a person who has never known the love of God or a person who is out of the will of God. They both have to come back to the will of God. So it's so important that we pray for those in our lives. And the godly strategy that we have is to be able to pray for someone. And and I want to take to the next level. If you'll just tune your ears each day you walk in this world, here's a good strategy. If you hear someone in a conversation in your circle's life and they say, I'm not in church, that should get your attention. If you hear someone and you hear them talking in a conversation with you or somebody else and they begin to tell a story about how things aren't going so well, Something's happened with their family. Or something's happened and they were told they had the C word, cancer. Someone they love or themselves. That should get our attention. But also, you might hear them say, I wasn't prepared for. And you begin to hear the story. And that's where you can lean in and your heart takes the posture to pray for them and say, Hey, I'm sorry you weren't prepared for losing your job. I'm going to pray for you. But when you hear any of these instances, you can say, really, hey, why don't you come to my church Sunday? You know what? God loves you, and I do too. And we love to pray with you and be there for you. Freedom Church is not the best church. No, we try. And it's not the biggest church. But in this church, I promise you, if you're people in your life and you get them to come here at some point in time, they'll be loved. They will not be judged. And imagine if we all begin to invest and invite and get broken for the broken and the hurting people around us, we can make an eternal difference. And the key to remaining a church where unchurched people will want to be a part of is our willingness to be able to pray, invest, and invite them into our time together. And I remember a time that when I was lost, man, my grandmother and my mom prayed for me. And I'm so glad that I'm where I'm at today. And I thank God for that. But something I want to do, I just want to ask you this question. If you were, if you gave your life to Christ here at this church, or you came back into the will of God back with Christ again in this church, would you just simply stand where you're at and give God glory? No one's coming to you. Just stand up and say, through Freedom Church, Jesus came into my heart or I came back to Jesus. Just stand right where you're at, all over the auditorium. Just stand up if that happened to you in your life. Just stand up. Give God praise, church. You can be seated. Thank you for giving God glory. Why do you think that I'm so passionate about reaching people to know God as their Savior? Many of you will know the story I'm about to tell, but many of you don't. It's one person's name. His name is Frank. Frank and I used to be on the other side of the fence, and we used to party together. After I gave my life back to Christ, and Shannon and I got married, and I was called into the ministry, I was doing student ministry. Frank moved in the house down the road from where I lived. And uh, Frank was a big guy. He looked like one of the players in ZZ Top, had a big beard, a long red beard, and he would be on the road jogging. He had these big yellow headphones. I'll never forget it. Every day I'd turn in there, and if I saw him jogging, the Lord would impress on my spirit. Stop and tell him what I've done in your life. 
And I always seemed to have an excuse or I was always in a hurry. And my wife, we have three little kids and she'd been with them all day or I've got to go. I'm doing Wednesday night student ministry. I've got to get to the church. This week I'm driving the bus to pick up kids or I've got to prepare them. No, 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 no. Just continue. All the, so I would turn in and I always had an excuse that it was an inconvenient time to stop and tell Frank, hey man, this is what God's done in me. Well, you know, I never got the chance because Frank took his life in the house that he lived in that I passed every day. So don't let that happen to you like it did me. People need Jesus more than ever. What's the fate of this generation and the generation to come? What's it worth? what it's worth this much this much so let's pray for boldness like Peter and John did in Acts 4 let's pray for boldness because when you pray for boldness boldness is so important it's blind it's blind to inconveniences it's blind to obstacles it's blind to making excuses but boldness let me tell you what it does it gives us the opportunity so we need to be bold and we need to pray for we need to pray for people we need to invest in people we need to invite people so important One last question. I asked you to ask of yourself. Will anybody be in heaven because of me? Because of me. Will anybody be in heaven because of me? Ask yourself that question and keep it on your front lobe of your mind every day you walk on this earth. Every day. Because we want to be wise people. Proverbs 11 and 30 says, The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life. And he who wins souls is wise. Is wise. My prayer is that God will look at me and you. Say, those are one of my wise children. Those are one of my wise children. Stand with me as we pray. Father, we praise you, we honor you, and we thank you for this amazing day. You're such a good God. May your Holy Spirit fall on this place, God. May your Holy Spirit touch every heart that's here, God. I pray, God, Lord, today that we will be faithful in our prayer life, God, like never before. Because you are an all-powerful God that lets us help you in the cause of the kingdom. How many of you here, God has touched your heart and he wants you to take your prayer life to the next level, praying for yourself and others. Would you just lift your hand right now all over the auditorium and say, I, I want to I wanna do more praying than ever before for people I love. Father, bless every hand that went up and bless every life, God, that we continue praying and seeking you with everything that we have got of what your son Jesus done for each of us. God, may we be mindful of those that are hurting and broken, God, in life. That we not only pray for them, but we pray with them and we put legs on our prayers when the time affords it, God. And let them know of how much love you have for them and we love them too. Maybe you're here today and you didn't really want to come and 
someone begged you or bribed you with a meal after this time and or maybe life just hasn't been good for you and you thought you'd come and check out this God you've always heard about you're not here by chance friend whatever the circumstances you're here because God loved you and he knew you'd be here for this ordained moment in time and right now he's knocking on your heart and you've never said yes to him you've never invited him into your life that's why you're here friend because he loves you with all his heart and he wants to come in your heart so if that's you right now and you're standing there and you've never asked Jesus to be the Lord of your life would you simply with Christians praying and heads about would you simply just lift your hand and say that's me he's knocking on my heart today just lift your hand real quick and back down he's 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 lifting up God bless you anyone else just lift your hand real high and say he's knocking on my heart today God bless you friend I see that hand back there anyone else just I know God's knocking on my heart you pray to him right now right where you're at make your altar right where you're at and just tell him Lord Jesus Christ I invite you into my life today tell him that tell him I want to accept your plan that you have for my life I believe you lived and you died for my sins and you rose again for me tell him say I surrender to you right now I ask you to forgive me of my sins I'm going to trust you with my life. Save me. My life is yours. If you prayed that and meant that from the bottom of your heart, thank him right where you're at. And he is going to fill your heart with peace you cannot explain. And he's going to give you the power of the Holy Spirit of God that you'll never be alone again. Father, thank you, God for what you have done today. I praise you and I honor you and I thank you, God, for the privilege of prayer. May we take it to the next level for your glory and your honor in our lives and those around us to give you glory. In Jesus' name and all of God's people say, amen. Let's give him praise in his house today, church. Praise his holy name.